Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting, action-packed, and funny, yeah, we'll try to be funny this time, edition of Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're out there. We're interacting with you. We love interacting with you. Please continue to interact with Think Tank Sports. We love that. And listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. And give us a five-star rating for our Monday Night Football Ugh. and College Football Ugh. edition. Here we are, ta- getting ready to talk about a couple of those things. And, of course, my uh, feeling blue New York Giants compadre, Mike, is on the other side of the glass, as they say in the olden days, old radio. How's it going, Mike? The old days of terrestrial radio. Uh, I'm doing fine, buddy, considering the circumstances. I mean, it's Thanksgiving Eve. It's amateur hour out there at the grocery stores and (laughs) bars and restaurants. So I'm tucked, nestled away nicely in my nice warm home. Uh, Shopping's done. We're not going to venture out and and get involved in any nonsense. We're long past those days. But uh, speaking (laughs) speaking of nonsense, Dave, and Twitter polls. uh, Oh, what a a segue. The Chicago Bears, Dave, uh, directly affected our interaction on the interwebs yesterday, uh, specifically the Twitter poll we put out. So I put out a, a Twitter poll yesterday morning that said, you know, the think about question of the day is which head coach is on the hottest seat after week 11. And the choices were Joe Judge, Matt Nagy, Brian Flores, and Urban Meyer. Uh, and we got uh, a couple of votes right away. And uh, then we get a message from uh, someone named John Walkington, who appears to be a Chicago Bear fan. Um, and he <laughs> says, uh, how could be anything but other than, than Nagy, with the news that broke about 15 minutes before you posted this poll, LOL. And I posted everything in life is timing. So I go back and look, and sure enough, there's a report that Nagy's been fired, uh, and then he's been asked to coach this last game at Thanksgiving, uh, and then, you know, that would be it for him. And then I start, you know, uh, scrambling to check other uh areas and they're all saying this is the report but nobody's confirming so i put out a a second poll saying uh our hashtag think think about it question is since magnaggy has been fired uh just about the same time our last poll was posted uh who you know is on the hottest seat and it's joe judge brian flores or urban meyer and pete carroll so i put pete carroll in there instead of matt nagy uh, so then yesterday afternoon, I'm bopping around the Internet and checking things, and now there's reports that Matt Nagy's not fired. So, Dave, help me out. Is Matt Nagy fired? I have no idea. I saw oh, a press conference yesterday that he said that conversation hasn't happened. He is coaching on Thanksgiving. Uh, I can't imagine in uh, pro football where they would say, you know, uh, can you coach this last game for us? You know, that just doesn't happen. That's like a college football, a guy that's been there many years and they're giving them the golden sombrero on the way out. That's fine, but not in pro football. Uh, so, wh- D- Dave, where are we? Is he fired? Is he on the uh, – wh- what's going on? Uh, all I can think of, Mike, is it's a just one big kumbaya moment. Yeah. Bring us together on Thanksgiving for all of this great – 
time in Detroit playing football and then get out of here, Matt Nagy. So I think that's what's going to happen, and we'll go from there. I know there's a halftime show uh, during that game or during the Dallas game. Maybe the halftime show in Detroit is Matt Nagy packing his bags and taking an Uber out the back door, you know. Uh, Who knows? But in the early response to uh, the Twitter poll, Dave, uh, Joe judged 15% of the vote, uh, Urban Meyer with 38% of the vote, and Pete Carroll, 47% of the vote, uh, 0% for Brian Flores in Miami. Uh, although I got to think he's got to be on the hot seat a little bit, um, but we'll see. Pete Carroll, you know, that would be very interesting if they lost Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson in the same offseason and went to total rebuild. You'd see D- DK Metcalf doing the uh, Odell Beckham get me out of here routine uh, for sure. Um, that would be quite interesting. But, yeah, that poll's still out there, folks, so feel free to go and vote before the weekend uh, on what you think uh, the hottest seat in the NFL is. And let us know if you think Matt Nagy still has a job. <laughs> it would be crazy yeah. to think not. Uh, yeah, vote on vote on either one because yeah, uh, you know, Matt Nagy's in one and not the other uh, yeah. or both, whatever. Uh yeah, if there's anybody out there in Bears world that has any inside information, sure. insight, that'd be great. Because uh, clearly the interwebs are just interwoven with mm. uh, interesting thoughts and ideas that aren't always uh, driven by the truth. Driven by the truth. I like the way you said that. So, uh, Speaking <laughs> of people losing their jobs, the New York Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got together on Monday night, Dave. And um, oh boy. from a Giants fan perspective, it was a debacle. It was uh, two steps backwards. Daniel Jones looked like a rookie again. Uh, offensive line looked terrible. Uh, defense couldn't do much to slow down, let alone stop uh, this Buccaneers offense. Uh, you know, Tampa went down and scored right away to start the game. Uh, Giants came back and got a field goal to make it 7-3. Uh, then Tampa came down. We Defense held them to a field goal. Uh, Giants scored uh, a touchdown to uh, Thomas, the tackle, uh, who just comes off the IR like a month on the IR, and, and he comes back. He gets a holding penalty the play before. The next play is tackle eligible, and he catches, uh, catches the ball in the end zone. Obviously, pre-planned and practiced uh, a coordinated dance in the end zone. And that was it, Dave, for the Giants and their success. Uh, but we did get a fat guy touchdown, we did, Mike. Fat and guy touchdown. Uh, it was not an easy catch either. Daniel Jones no. uh, really made him work for it. He had to leap up and really reach up over his head. Uh, it was quite an athletic feat for sure. somebody that size. Sure. Uh and it was an exciting moment, but like you say, the only exciting moment. The very in this, end of the New York yeah. Giants. The rest of the scoring was done by Tampa, and the score ends thirty to ten. Uh, we got to see Tom Brady scramble and uh, the world's slowest forty-yard dash timed with a sundial, and then he gets up and he's all fired up and doing his first down, you know, WWE face, and uh, yeah, it was puke emojis everywhere. Uh, but Dave, I'm really upset by this offense and and uh, their inability to block, their inability to run the ball, the inability to make 
uh, any big plays. Is Kenny Galladay ever going to do anything for the Giants at this point? You know, they signed him in the offseason saying he's the new number one receiver, uh, and he was terrible. Two targets, one catch, 12 yards. Thanks. Thanks. Can you give us back your paycheck for that? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, and he hasn't been healthy, Mike. So, you know, <laughs> one thing is, yeah, he could be the number one guy, but he hasn't even been on the field yeah. uh, for a lot of these games. I think that's a real struggle. But where I really scratch my head, Mike, is how come you're not excited about an offense that generated 215 yards in this game? Oh, my goodness. 215 <laughs> yards. You'd do that in the first quarter in most NFL games. It's yeah, 215 uh 13 rushes for 66 yards, uh, really not getting it done. Um, and you have to, like you said, you have to look at the offensive line there. Uh, I guess it's been a theme for me the last couple weeks. You have a, a relatively healthy Saquon Barkley. You should be able to run the ball. Right. Um, I know it is Tampa, so do you, you know – give Tampa some credit with their defense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they've got to be able to at least block some of these guys. Right. Uh, there was a cut there, you know, one of the sacks I remember seeing, and uh, I think it was the right tackle. Just, just barely wasted. got his, barely got his hands on the guy and he comes right around and down goes Daniel Jones. Yep. Uh, no quarterback uh, can be successful um, if the guys rushing the passer don't get blocked. Yeah, no, absolutely true. Uh, and these receivers aren't getting open. Kadarius Tony is the only one that, you know, had a representative game. He was targeted 12 times, seven catches for 40 lousy yards. I mean, the guy, <laughs> the guy dances around and, and makes people miss, you know, but in the NFL, that's not going to work, dude. These guys are just as fast as you, as you are, you know, they're there for a reason. Uh, they're just as athletic. So those moves that worked in high school and college uh, just aren't going to work here. Uh, make a cut and get up the field. Uh, but he at least is trying and, you know, making oh, absolutely. effort. Get, he certainly can run routes and get open, um, unlike these other guys. You know, I'm done with Evan Ingram, have been for a while. Uh, I've seen enough of his act. Uh, Sterling Shepard can't get on the field. Again, he's hurt. Um, doesn't play, just uh, just a d despicable offensive performance. Daniel Jones, two bad interceptions, dude. Um, and I was that one in the first half. I mean, he's folks. If you haven't seen any video of this, it's it's about as bad an interception as you will ever see. Uh, Daniel Jones kind of being pulled down and just flicks it out there to literally no one mm -hmm. and the Tampa Bay defensive lineman is starting to fall down to the ground mm -hmm. and, and just, he just threw it right at his hands. Yeah. I, I mean, unless you've got hands like feet and some of those defensive linemen do, uh, they're going to catch that. And it was just a terrible interception. Yeah. It was like the guy uh, was getting oh tucked in for bedtime and Daniel Jones gave him the ball to snuggle with. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, oh, that was, again, it was really bad. If you want to see bad interceptions and you're not a New York Giants fan, so it's mm. not going to make you uh, cry in your soup, then go ahead and watch this. Otherwise, uh, stay away. Yeah. 
yeah, stay away for sure. And then I was going to come on here and rant about enough with the Kadarius Tony throwing the ball and all the reverses and jet sweeps that don't go anywhere. You know, they did one to Ross that got 16 yards, and that was nice. Um, but apparently I wasn't the only one thinking that because uh, after the game, Joe Judge hammered the coaches. Uh, oh, and, and you had oh, to God, know yeah. something was coming. And sure enough, Tuesday morning, uh, Jason Garrett had been relieved of his offensive coordinator position uh so take it down the road uh i mean that's really i was happy when they signed him last year two years ago uh you know in denver he was very successful in dallas he was very successful and that's how he got the head coaching job down there uh you know and i thought he would bring some imagination and uh things to the giants but they never had a plan you know you are you running to set up the pass are you passing to set up the run what are you doing? It never seemed like there was one thing that the Giants were was their bread and butter go to. We're gonna we're gonna do this and play off of it. Uh, it just never seemed to have a plan. So Dave, we go uh, from the frying pan to the fire, from Jason Garrett to Freddie Kitchens, uh, the tight end coach for the Giants, been on their roster for uh, last year and this year, coaching former head coach of. Uh, the Cleveland Browns and was fired um, for his lack of uh, ability to get to the playoffs with all the talent they had. And uh, he, again, another person that was an offensive coordinator, and that's how he made his bones in the NFL. Uh, so maybe he'll have uh, – I'm excited because he was a run-first coach, um, so I'm excited to see the difference he's going to make in play calling. You can't exactly change the system – uh, mid-season, especially without, you know, the bye week already gone. Um, mm -hmm. So they're going to have to stay with the Jason Garrett system. Um, but there could be a huge difference in play calling. And uh, Yeah, and Go ahead. I, would I would expect that. I You know, I think, you know, despite the, the offensive line struggles, the Giants are kind of set up to be a running team. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's just getting them in the right sets. Uh, and situationally being able to do some things. Uh, and you said it, look, Freddie Kitchens was, uh, you know, highly sought after uh, when the Browns job came up. I think he was in the running for a couple of other jobs. Uh, so, you know, certainly offensive minded. But now that's the reason they got Jason Garrett, too. And right. Garrett had also been a head coach for many years. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on all of that. Uh yeah, yeah. The the struggle is real in New York. Uh, I had texted uh, Mike yesterday because I was driving in the car and was listening to my uh, uh, one of my favorites, the uh, Mad Dog Chris Russo. And my goodness, he opened the show going off on the New York Football Giants. Yeah, absolutely crushing them. And this was when we knew about Jason Garrett and and the. Comments by Joe Judge ripping the coaches, and then he sits. He says, "Let's see, you know, the the Super Bowls." And he starts going through the records, and he figures it out on the fly. Since their Super Bowl win, their last Super Bowl win, the Giants are forty nine and eighty nine, with one playoff appearance. And if you remember, that's the playoff appearance where. Odell Beckham Jr., you know, leaves the and goes down. Ride, Miami right, boat. goes on the boat in Miami and comes back and plays terrible. So you have that one playoff appearance in basically a decade. Um, and uh, kudos to the Mad Dog. It basically linked it to 
the late 60s, early 70s uh, Giants stretch where the Giants had gotten to the NFL title game in 1963, uh, and then he just ripped off the records and that just, you know, one good year, one okay year, like a nine and nine and five year was mixed. They were still 14 games then. Um, and then just went through it and really, really just an absolutely terrible stretch. Uh, but, but historically for the New York giants, it's right up there with some of the worst stretch in the team's history. And that's really saying something. Uh, so putting it into perspective and thinking about, boy, (laughs) there's gotta be some changes made. Um, and it'll be interesting to see maybe, you know, hopefully it's just the offensive coordinator and they could start to turn it around. I personally think, Mike, I think you feel the same way. There is some talent on this team. It's not without talent. Uh, It's just needing some direction. I agree. You know, it'll be interesting to see if Joe Judge keeps his job. I I like him. I think he's going to be a very good NFL coach. Uh, you know, I, I think he's got the right attitude, the right mixture of, um, you know, being not a dictator, but, you know, uh, a hard coach, but also, you know, he hangs out with the boys and, you know, lets the players um, have input and that kind of thing. So we'll see. Ultimately, if Dave Gettleman loses his job, it'll be because, um he wasn't able to do anything with the offensive line and that you know oh, when yeah. he came in that was his big you know when he was in carolina they put together great offensive lines that took him to the super bowl and all those things uh and you know he just wasn't able to do that here in new york so far um whether it's a misjudging of talent or you know taking the wrong picks you know people are going to criticize the saquon barkley pick and and all of those things but um We'll see. I, I personally would like to see him and Judge continue to grow with this talent, but we'll see what happens in the offseason, Dave. Um, so that wraps up week 11, buddy, unless there's something else you want to say about this future game. Nope, nope. That's that's pretty much it. We so, got. I think we, we got it covered. It's you know very heavy on what the Giants need to do differently. Right. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, now they've got, you know, they don't have the bye week, Mike, but they do have. Never mind, I was going in a different direction. They don't have their bye week, so they've got, you know, they've got the week now to think about it and and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, Dave, let's play a quick game. Thanksgiving is uh, tomorrow. We're recording on Wednesday, like I said, um, and there's three games. So what you're familiar with the popular game out there in society called F Mary kill um, family show. So I won't tell you what the F stands for. Well, they take three women or three men and say, you know, you got to F one, marry one and kill one. Well, let's, okay. Let's do that with these three games on Thanksgiving. Let's call it uh, Turkey gravy and dessert. Okay. Thanksgiving Turkey gravy, gravy Dessert, CGD, okay. So turkey would be the meat, the the solid football game that's going to really fill you up uh, on, you know, your family. You're trying to avoid your family and um, pay attention to the game. Which game is that? Gravy is the one that you don't really need and probably going to leave a bitter aftertaste in your mouth. And when you burp at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to taste the gravy. And then the desserts, you know, the sweetener that will top it off and, um, you know, kind of make everything okay for the day. So of the three games, first game is Bears-Lions. 
second game is Raiders Cowboys, and the third game is Bill Saints. Now I know you're a little bit uh, jaundiced in your opinion here because your Bills are playing, but give me a turkey gravy dessert for these three games, buddy. All right, uh, good that you get some description. Give me a second to to look at them. Sure. Uh, I think the turkey. Uh, is really the the middle of the three the the Dallas Las Vegas game. Okay. Um, I just think while Vegas is struggling a bit and they're they're having some challenges, not having rugs in there with the deep threat, I still think they're talented. Um, and certainly, uh, Dallas um, is very very talented. They're going to be at home. Uh, I, I think that has the potential to be the turkey game. Uh, the gravy game, you don't really need it, is definitely the Bears and the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's interesting. I've not – we should look at this, Mike, as I'm thinking about this uh, when we get back, um, is the ratings for these games because I have been um, at my in-laws, um, well, at my sister's for several Thanksgivings, and the, the games are on – the TV is on, but we're not always watching it. Uh, so I'm, I would be curious to know what those ratings are and how much, uh, you know, we'll never know. Um, they don't do the numbers that way to find out. Uh, there's no way to know. Eyeballs, right. right, right. But that I would be curious because I feel like this game will probably be on, but nobody no, will be it's watching. It's just as much of a tradition as any other. You put the football game on on Thanksgiving and, and, yep. and it's just on. You watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and then, you, you know, f- make your fixings and maybe have dinner and then, but the game's on all day. So I, yeah. I agree, probably better ratings than you would say um, for like a Thursday night game. Um, but you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, never yeah. know the actual eyeballs. So right, your right. Uh, dessert game is your Bills game, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know, I think it's the sweet part. Um, you know, some of it is a little bit of the bias there. Uh, but I think, this, you know, the Saints have the ability to play well. They haven't the last few. Buffalo's kind of the same way. Uh, but I feel like those teams both could elevate their play uh, and really finish off the night in a good way. Uh, so if you're looking at, I, I'll do the food things like Mike always does. If you're looking for that second or third piece of pumpkin pie, oh. you know, you might grab that with some, some whipped cream and throw it on there and sit down and, and watch and watch the bills and saints, okay. uh, and get, and get your second or third dessert mojo on, uh, this is on NBC on Thursday night, so not like uh, earlier on where they used to play. This game was on the NFL Network, and nobody could watch it. Um, they've got it on NBC, so each network gets a game, CBS, Fox, and NBC. So check it out. I know I'll be watching, and maybe I will have a second piece of pumpkin pie. All right. So uh, real quick, Dave, uh, for me, the turkey game is the Dallas-Vegas game. I just think that these are two teams that aren't as good as people in the public generally think, and but they're evenly matched. You've got uh, Jacobs versus Zeke Elliott in the backfield, Carr versus Dak in the quarterback position, uh, two decent wide receiver groups. Could be a good matchup. Uh, gravy definitely is the Chicago Detroit game. There's no way around that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> for me, the dessert 
is going to be the Bills Saints. It's like you said, last game. You got the sweatpants on. The house is dirty, but you don't care. You got the sampler patter of desserts with two cheesecakes, and uh, you're just just coma drool coming down. I, I'll spare you the rest of the details, but uh, that's the uh, dessert game for me. So very good, yeah. Dave. Let's uh, let's take a look at the current playoff teams. Uh, we'll start in the AFC. Uh, I did some thinking and figuring, as they say up here in the Great Northeast. I did some figuring, and uh, so for the AFC, to me, it feels like you're to win the division. You're going to have to have 11 wins or more. And to make the wild card, you're going to have to have 10 wins. Uh, maybe a nine-win team sneaks in there. Um, so real quick, give me. we'll start with the division leaders right now. Uh, 11 wins or more, will they get there? So over, under, I guess. Uh, the Titans at eight wins currently, eight and three. Will they get to 11 wins or more? And this is just off the top of your head. We're not going to delve into schedules. or. Yeah, 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 know, I got gotcha. you. Just where they sit right now knowing you know how they're playing in their injury status will they get to yeah. 11 wins titans yeah i'd say i'd say yeah titans yep they're an over for sure ravens seven and three currently gonna be tough huh yeah it's gonna be tough but i feel like they'll get there too yeah okay patriots seven and four i know it hurts oh uh, yeah no i think the bills will get to 11 so okay that's fine <laughs> and and that will not and that will be enough to win the division. They, they might get to more than 11, but they'll get there. So will the Patriots get to 10? Probably. Okay. Yeah, that's only three more games for them. Right. Uh, they have two against Buffalo. It's going to be tight. They might get to 10. Okay. Uh, and then the Chiefs at 7-4 and four in the West. So they need to win four more games to win that division. Oh. Yeah, that's a tough one, right? Over that under. is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to say under, and, and again, not doing a deep dive, not looking at schedule. Right. Because you have the Chargers right there at six and four. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say under. What about 10 games to make the wild card? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. One of those two, okay. you know, Chiefs or Chargers, definitely. All right, so now it gets interesting. So to make the wild card, I think you're going to need 10 wins to get in in the AFC. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals at six and four. Well, I'll give well, me, I'll put it in a block for you. Bengals, Chargers, Bills. You already said you think the Bills are going to make it. Yeah. Um, so, Chargers or Bengals to ten wins, both at six and four. Wow. Yeah. Uh, both teams have good road records. Uh, Bengals are four and two. Chargers three and one. Uh, that also means the Chargers have a lot more road games left. Right. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I. Th I would say. Yeah. I. Let's say the Bengals. Um. Just haven't been real pleased with the Chargers lately. I mean, Justin Herbert could turn it on and they could win eleven games. But okay. uh, let's go with the Bengals. Okay. So the Bengals make it. So now you've got the Chargers on the outside looking in. You need one more team to pop up and and make the ten wins. Uh, the Steelers at five, four, and one. Oh, no. The Colts at six and five. That's yeah, I, yeah, I think it might be the Colts, honestly. Okay, so you got Chiefs um, out, or Chargers out, Colts in, from where we currently yeah. are. So you saying Browns? No, they're not going to get to ten wins. 
I don't think so. I think they're they're in a slide right now and are just not gonna. Their their um, point differential is minus seven. Mm. I mean, it's just not it's not getting it done. Gotcha. Uh, and you look at the and you look at the Colts are plus sixty four. So I think that says a lot. Very good, very good. And then Raiders Broncos are five and five. Um, they're the only other teams that you'll see listed in the in the hunt. Uh, column when you see the national shows. Uh, wow. Is there an outside chance either one of those two uh, wins four of their last five games? Is that what it is? No, they'd have to win they're both five. At, they're both at five six. wins. They'd have to win five. Five of their last six. Five of their last seven. Oh, right. I, I, 17 that 17 still messing me up. Yeah, yeah, so, but it but it still says a lot. I mean, it's five and two in their last seven. My guess is those teams are going to play each other, yep. so one of them's going to knock the other one off. So Good I got to pick one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Interesting, very interesting. I I don't know that you're wrong. Uh, the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, man, uh, he's just so steady. Uh, I know, I know. It's, it's hard to, to say. You know, I don't know that they have the defense to win. Uh, at a five and two clip. So I agree with what you're saying there. That I think that, you know, very good Chargers. Um, well, which everyone... the Broncos, yeah, uh, third best in the AFC in points allowed. So, uh, you know, yeah, their defense has played okay. Yeah, I think that's one of those paper numbers that, you know, on in my mind's eye, uh, the eyeball test, I don't think their defense is that good, but, you know, yeah. may, maybe. Uh, yeah. You want to run me through the NFC, Dave? Now, I figure that it's 10 wins to win the division and nine for a wild card. Um, okay. So you want to um, take yeah. me through that uh, so we're not putting you on the spot the whole time? Sure. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so NFC East, Mike, the Cowboys leading at 7-3. and three. Yeah, it's over, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're you know it's interesting with the Eagles. They're only two and a half games back. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is ludicrous to think about. And how about this for ludicrous, Mike? Uh, okay, they've played one, they've played one more game, but the Eagles have scored two hundred and ninety-seven points. Yeah, I no, mean, they're put, no, they've really turned the corner with Jalen Hurts and and. Um... You know, they figured out how to score points, like you said. Um, I don't know that they just don't quite have the personnel. I don't know if Sanders is coming back at running back uh, yeah. for the rest of the year. I just don't know if they have the, the horses uh, to make a run. Yep. Okay. Uh, NFC North, Mike, the Packers at 8-3. and three. Yeah, it's over for in the North, too. Uh, you know, I know Minnesota's frisky and um, – that's admirable, but it's Minnesota. They're going to end up either nine and eight or eight and nine. That's just the way it is. Yep. 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 No, you're right. You're right. Uh, and I agree. Uh, the NFC South Tampa Bay at seven and three and saints at five and five, just two games back. Yeah. Saints are also done, uh, for the division. I just don't see them with Trevor Simeon and or Taysom Hill at quarterback. Uh, that defense is on the field all the time. Uh, Kamara can't stay uh, healthy, but their wide receiving core has really taken a big dip over the last year and a half um, from the for horses they used to have over there. So, uh, yeah, Tampa's got that one. And probably the most difficult one, I think, Mike, uh, the NFC West 
the Cardinals, well, at nine and two right now with the Rams hot on their heels at seven and three. Yeah, I think the Cardinals will at least get to 10 wins, though. Um, so, wow, go out on a limb there. Yeah, <laughs> really going out on a limb. Uh, I, I still see them winning the division the way they've maintained with Colt McCoy at quarterback, and Murray's going to come back healthy. Hopkins is going to come back, and uh, they're just going to be – just that much better. So yeah, Cardinals. So I think the four division. Yeah, and they're they're four and zero in the division, Mike. Too. Wow. So they've already, yeah. you know, they've already got, you know, a win Five against years. every team. So yeah, they're they're in in the driver's seat, no doubt. Absolutely. So wild card, nine wins to get in. Um, who's next? Yeah, let's see. One, one, two, three, four. The Rams at seven and three. Yeah, they're going to get to nine wins. You know, uh, as much as of a, you know, Jekyll and Hyde team that I think they are, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if they're one and done in the playoffs um, with this team. Um, you know, I've said it all year. Their roster is a mile wide but an inch deep, and as soon as they have any controversy or um, injury, they're they're going to crumble, um, and I think, but I do think they'll they'll get into uh, the wild card playoff. Okay, so that's five, Mike, mm-hmm. and I get two more teams battling. Okay, mm-hmm. and you have, I think this is very difficult. Yep. You have Minnesota, New Orleans, San Francisco, all at five and five. I'm going to say that the San Francisco 49ers get it done and get to nine wins, buddy. I think that they can go um, they, they can go four and three and make that final wild or one of the final wild card spots. Um, I'm going to say the Vikings and the Saints are not going to make it. Okay, so then that puts you at Looking at the two five and six teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Carolina Panthers fighting for that last spot. Yep, Cam's back, baby. Give me the Carolina Panthers with that. Cam's back, and that's fine. He's going to steady that position. But Christian McCaffrey's back, and that's what's going to take them over the top. Uh, They're going to run the ball more, which is going to rest their defense. He's dynamic, both running and catching the ball out of the backfield. And I see them... Um, really pouring it on here in the second half, if you will, and being that team that comes out of nowhere to take that final uh, wild card position. So Vikings and Saints out, Niners and Panthers in, uh, in my not-so-humble opinion. Wow. No, and I think that's, you know, that, that is just, I mean, both, I guess both conferences have a lot of challenges right in there but that that's those are some great picks by you mike let's we'll Thanks. let's keep our let's see keep our thumbs happens. on keep yeah. our thumbs on that and see where we are in a few more weeks yeah uh for sure because that's that's interesting stuff and uh of course it's the nfl so it's always going to be there's always going to be compelling storylines and now think tank sports has given you another one to follow yeah what do our picks come out as we kind of sit as we talked the other day at the more like the official halfway point of the season. Yeah. I want to go on record as saying as I don't like the 17-game schedule. I think I said that earlier in the year. I'm an even numbers guy. Uh, for years, you know, 
the total games were 16, and that's what I have burned in my brain. I know that's an old man, get off my porch uh, sentiment, but that's what I got, buddy. Uh, let's talk about college football, buddy. It's getting Ugh. down there. It's almost over. Yeah. I don't like that. And it, it, it kind of felt over early here, too. Uh, Did it? A lot of these – now, some of these teams had um, – Oh, like you look at Georgia, they played Charleston Southern. Some of these big teams had just, I don't know, crazy, you know, regular seasons done kind of thing or playing a non-conference game late. Uh, there were some major, major blowouts, Mike, early on, uh, certainly starting with Georgia and Charleston Southern at 56-7. to seven. Ouch. Uh, looking at the scores early on, and these games were these games were done early. Yeah, they were. Um, so, you know, that, you had Michigan blowing out Maryland 59-18. to 18. Uh, But I think, Mike, and we joked about this uh, last week, and then the, uh, the two of us and our good friend Steve out there in Colorado went back and forth quite a bit on this Ohio State-Michigan State. We couldn't believe it was 19 points. Uh, you literally turned the TV on and blinked, and it was 21 to nothing Ohio State. Yep. Uh, they had covered the point spread, and it wasn't even halfway through the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, and I guess what it ultimately comes down to is we get prisoner of the moment, especially in college football, where two weeks ago we were all excited about the Michigan-Michigan State game, and uh, ultimately I think neither one of those teams are very good uh, for national championship uh situations anyway and michigan state man boy really fell off um the cliff here losing 56 to 7 um and just not putting a representative uh effort together at all uh embarrassing their coach was you know thoroughly embarrassed in the press conference and um he's someone that's trying to raise you know the level of this michigan state program to elite and uh this game set them back uh, a couple of years. Their Heisman oh. Trophy candidate, Walk, Kenneth Walker, uh, six rushes for 25 yards. Embarrassing, embarrassing. Uh, the, this Ohio State team uh, is turned into a juggernaut, and we'll, we'll see when we get to the, the rankings. We're not the only one that thinks so. Um, yeah, they just rolled. I mean, three receivers over 100 yards cj stroud threw for six touchdowns all in the first half it was 49 to nothing yep. at halftime and stroud was 32 of 35 for 432 yards uh that's like phil can, Sims in the super bowl accurate yeah can we put any pressure on you know in michigan no. state's defense has been pretty good this year but yep. uh yeah it, it's uh, one of those things where Ohio State has really just kind of caught fire and is just steamrolling teams. Uh, rarely do you see uh, number four and number seven get together and see such a such a ridiculously lopsided score. But that's how good Ohio State is playing right now. And I think it's more a reflection of how good Ohio State is than how bad Michigan State is. Uh, they're they're just playing on another level right now. Yeah, I give a lot of credit to the quarterback, Stroud. Uh, he's matured during this season and really made a huge difference. Um, you know, they feel like they have the three best wide receivers, the best 
wide receiver trio in the country with uh, Smith and Jigba, Wilson and Olave, and boy, it was certainly evident in this game. Um, so we'll we'll see what they can do ultimately. You know, as the season goes, they're certainly going to be tested uh, this week against Michigan and then in the um, Big Ten championship game. So. Um, in, very, very interesting. Cincinnati, Dave, put it on SMU 48-14. to 14. Uh, SMU, Yeah, yeah. SMU came into the game kind of feisty. They were, you know, ranked earlier in the season and, you know, seemed to have a high-speed offense. Their quarterback is getting a lot of kudos. Uh, and now they drop to 8-3. and three. And uh, it's the time of year where these top-ranked teams have to put a show on to – uh, show the committee that they can really handle their business. Um, so Cincinnati just kept rolling up the points, 48-14 there. Uh, Notre Dame wins 55 nothing against Georgia Tech. I mean, they, oh, were, they yeah. were supposed to win the game. They were favored by 17-and-a-half. But, again, <laughs> uh, they just kept putting the hammer on uh, and getting that business done. Um, what else happened? Wisconsin beat the game um, Nebraska team. Wisconsin, yep, if they yep. didn't lose early in the year, it would be right up there uh, giving, you know, Michigan and uh, Ohio State a hard time. But uh, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, Mike. They uh, Wisconsin certainly is playing well here. And so now it's, it, it's coming down to this last week. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa are both tied atop that uh big 10 west Mm -hmm. uh division and so you know we look at this week and iowa is at nebraska and wisconsin is at minnesota right Uh, so we'll see uh interesting the iowa nebraska game is on friday so uh wisconsin will go into minnesota knowing exactly what they need to do if they can you know, ease off the gas pedal a little bit because they've already clinched or if they really need to tighten up that sphincter, as Mike likes to say, <laughs> and uh, and play uh, a full, uh, full okay. game uh, to see what happens there to get into that, that Big Ten championship game. Yeah, this is uh, known as rivalry week in college football. So every week. Not every game, but most games are they're playing for a cup or a trophy of some kind. And Wisconsin and Minnesota play for the Paul Bunyan Axe. Um, oh yes! And it was like four or five years ago, Wisconsin won the game on a last-second field goal, and the, and the field goal kicker runs over to uh, the bench and picks up the axe, and he's swinging it wildly in celebration. And everyone's like, "What are you, an idiot? You're gonna cut somebody?" <laughs> I don't. I, I'm sure the axe isn't actually sharp on the end. Uh, it's decorative. Yeah. But, but uh, still. you know, these are these are big guys. You're yeah. swinging it at a at a good speed. It's yeah. still gonna hurt. Absolutely. So, <laughs> um, good times there with the Paul Bunyan axe. One of my favorites. Um, yeah. Very so good. that'll that'll be interesting. Um, another. A little bit surprising, I guess, was Clemson just taking out Wake Forest. It was kind of a back-and-forth game for a little bit, but yep. uh, Clemson put the hurt on 48-27 to 27, uh, against a number 10 Wake Forest team. And now that puts the ACC uh, a little bit into the interesting uh, debate now because uh, Pitt won, and so Pittsburgh has clinched a spot in the ACC uh, title game from the coastal 
uh, division. But in the Atlantic, you have Wake Forest at six and one, Clemson six and two, and NC State at five and two. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if you remember early on, uh, NC State beat Clemson in double overtime in September, mm-hmm. and so if they happen to win and Wake Forest loses. Uh, NC State will um, will uh, move in and uh, win the Atlantic and go to the ACC championship game. Clemson goes if Wake Forest and NC State lose. Uh, Wake Forest they have these they just need to beat Boston College and and they'll get in. But right. so some compelling storylines there uh, in the Atlantic. Uh, division to see who's going to play Pittsburgh. Um, it would be certainly interesting if it's not Clemson and you're Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, or Pittsburgh, NC State, right. and you know the winner of that game is going to go to a major bowl game. I don't know that uh, that would have been uh, prognosticated at the beginning of the year for the ACC. Yeah, no, absolutely. So compelling down to the end. One more team I want to hit that actually could, you know, make a sneaky run towards even the playoff uh, if everyone gets beat is Oklahoma State, Dave. Uh, they're now 7-1 and one and have the same record as Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12, and they're heading towards, you know, a clash in that championship game. Um, and they're a fun little team. If they could have one loss uh, and, you know, kind of make things, uh, you know, a win over Oklahoma would certainly prop up uh, their uh, opponents um, that they've played, uh, they could they could make a case for you know being right up there at the top of you know uh, probably just on the outside looking in for the playoff, um, but certainly a team that's fun to watch and um, they play um, Saturday night seven thirty on ABC. There you go. So Oklahoma State favored by four. Are they over Oklahoma, who's higher? No, I guess they're not higher ranked anymore. Um, no, no, they're not. But you know, I mean, they're both they're both ten and one. They're right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oklahoma State would have to really. I mean, that's certainly. I, I would argue that could vault them over Notre Dame and get them to six. Sure. Sure. Uh, if Michigan were to get walloped by Ohio State, maybe Oklahoma State moves up to five. Right. Um, Right, five, but I, I don't. Right I don't there. know that they. I don't know if they could get any higher than five. Okay, that's fair. What Although, if, well, I mean, if Cincinnati were to lose now, Cincinnati uh, loses their championship game, or Alabama gets crushed by Georgia. I mean, you know. Yeah, crushed. Cincinnati is on Friday. Uh, so again, a Friday Saturday dynamic here uh, with Oklahoma State. Uh, Cincinnati plays at East Carolina mm-hmm. Friday night. Uh, Cincinnati favored by two touchdowns. Uh, certainly, if East Carolina won, right, then you start throwing in some interesting stuff. And who ends up being number five? Uh, Oklahoma State certainly could play their way in, yeah. uh, which is which wouldn't be uh, out of the stretch. I think the thing that would make it interesting, Mike, would be uh, if Michigan was able to beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State is still so good. At, I, you know, Ohio State might two be losses, at that. Yeah, losses. two losses. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know. Um, and then, you know, then you just have to wait and see. But, yeah, there's a lot of intriguing storylines. And certainly Oklahoma State, right. uh, they certainly have an opportunity there if they win their games to 
to be in a spot anyways um, as far as that goes. Mike, the team that does not have a chance, and I know you were like super excited, we've been talking about them all year, is the Quack Attack. No, no. Really and, off the cliff here. So Oh, they just absolutely uh, – kudos to Utah – uh, they played a great game, but boy, did Oregon look bad, uh, particularly in that second quarter. Yep. Uh, you know, it's 21 um, nothing. Utah has just scored with 27 seconds left, and they, they kick the ball to Oregon. And I really, really, really want to know why Oregon was running any plays at all. Now, I know Utah had timeouts. But why the heck are you not just kneeling the ball down? Hmm. Uh, you know, I think they got the ball with like 20 seconds or something like that. Yep. Why are they not kneeling the ball down? Uh, instead, they're running plays, Mike. Yeah. And um, they, they, you know, they don't get a first down on third down. And, and Utah uses one of their timeouts. Sure. And, you know, so they're, they're getting ready to punt. And my older son says, Oh my gosh, wouldn't it be crazy if they run this punt back for a touchdown? <laughs> and what do you know? Oregon punts the ball and the Utah guy returns the punt for a touchdown. Yep. So they end up with two touchdowns in the span of like 25 seconds to go to 28 nothing at halftime. Uh, Oregon just looked out of place, only 63 yards on the ground. Yep. Uh, we've talked for a few weeks that their ground game has been so good and that's been their bread and butter. Uh, their quarterback looked very hesitant running the ball, uh, not running with authority. Brown uh, just kind of like watching for places to go instead of just going. Just going yep. um, not really sure what, you know, and sure enough, you know, nine carries, eight yards. Um, and wow. certainly Utah played well, but um, boy, I just didn't like Oregon's effort in this game at all. No, the quack attack is not back. Quack attack lacks in this situation, and uh, they'll be feisty in the bowl game. But uh, they just have seen—they seem to just give up after you know they caught that first loss and uh, the scenario at the end of the first half, and it was like mailing the rest of this in, which uh, is really too bad. Speaking of mailing it in, we don't have to go over NC State wins 14-17 over Syracuse. Uh, so that's 41-17. Is that what I said? No. You said 14-17. Oh, no, 41 <laughs> Just got, got the numbers mixed up there, bit, yeah. A little bit, um, So you mentioned already Pittsburgh won and has wrapped up their division. Um, so this game against Syracuse really means little to nothing to them. They're not going anywhere, uh, you know, for the college championship-wise. Um, you know, certainly, you know, pride and all that is on the line. Uh, Syracuse needs this game to become bowl eligible. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how that's handled on both sides of the ball there. Uh, Syracuse needs to come out with uh, extraordinary energy and focus and get it done. Right now, Pittsburgh's favored by 13. Uh, that's a 7.30 game on the ACC network. Um, ACC network understanding it's the marquee matchup for their weekend. Um, but I'm very interested to see what Pittsburgh comes out and does you know if they start playing some kids uh at different positions or if Pickett only plays half the game or anything like that um but folks if you haven't seen this uh pittsburgh quarterback play uh 
you know, definitely check in on this game. Dave. Yep, no, no doubt. Um, and he threw for 340 uh, against Virginia this last week uh, with four touchdowns, including a 62-yarder uh, late in the game after Virginia had gotten to three. Uh, within three. So yeah, Pickett has been there a while, is definitely doing his thing. Um, the only thing I could think for Pitt as far as the game against Syracuse goes is that uh, they do have an opportunity to uh, get to 10 wins. Uh, in my mind, I think it's been a while since they've been to, at 10 wins. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe they play hard for a half, see where they're at, and then, you know, pull everybody at halftime. Uh, Syracuse certainly needs a win. Mike, I did look at some of the other teams in the ACC, and there is just a logjam of 6-5, six 5-6 and five, five and six teams, uh, which I don't think bodes well for Syracuse, even if they were to win, mm -hmm. uh, considering if Florida uh, Louisville is at 6-5 already. They got destroyed by Louisville. Uh, Florida State at 5-6. and six, If they're to win this week, uh, they lost to Florida State. Uh, Virginia Tech is five and six. They did beat Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia and Miami are both at six and five. Mm -hmm. uh, Virginia, Miami, Syracuse. I certainly could see uh, a Southern bowl game, and I, I'm not, you know, looking at bowl games right now and figuring all of that out. But I could see other teams getting picked before Syracuse. Certainly, we could be talking about the Fenway Bowl, which I think you know bodes well for Syracuse if they were to win, and you could draw on a really good uh, alumni base from the Boston and New York areas. But uh, you know, even if they win, Mike, I think there's still some there's still some battling even within their own conference for bowl spots. It's very interesting that you brought up bowl spots and who's going to make what. Uh, I found a website that predicts all the bowl uh, matchups and who's going to make it. Uh, this was based on the, you know, the week that just ended. Okay, there's 42 bowls, Dave. 42 bowls. Oh so my you need gosh. 84 teams. So yep. everybody's going to make it <laughs> that can. <laughs> Interestingly, in the first playoff game, the Orange Bowl, they have Georgia, the one seed, versus. Uh, Cincinnati, the four seed, and yep. they have in the Cotton Bowl uh, the two seed Michigan Wolverines against oh, uh, Oklahoma State in the two seed or the uh, three seed. Wow! Yeah. So predicting have, Michigan would win, and win because Ohio State is so good, they would leap over yep. Alabama at the three. Oklahoma State, not Ohio State. Oklahoma. No, no, but I'm yeah. saying Michigan would leap over, yes. yeah, over oh, right. that, uh, right. over Alabama, right. and Alabama would be out. Boy, that is a crazy scenario right there. Yeah, they have Alabama and Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl, uh, Ohio State and Utah in the Rose Bowl, uh, Notre Dame and Pitt in the Peach Bowl. Uh, so some of the top bowls there. Um, and I know you're dying to know the Duke's Mayo Bowl. They have um, North Carolina versus Mississippi State. Yep. Um, the What about the Cheetos Bowl? Yeah, I'm looking for it. I had it a second ago. Uh, da -da -da -da. Let's see. Um, the First Responders Bowl. I never heard of that one. Um, Probably new. Gasparilla Bowl. I don't even know what that is. Gasparilla. The well, Idaho... Sounds like something you should try eating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
the Idaho <laughs> Potato Bowl. They have um, the UTEP Roadrunners and Central Michigan. Interesting. The Cheez It Bowl. Here we are. Oh, this would be a good matchup. Uh, Clemson versus Kansas State, buddy. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 The Fenway Bowl. They have Boston College in Central Florida. That would be something. Um, Interesting. Where's the Pinstripe Bowl? Boston College. Yeah. The Myrtle Beach Bowl. There's there's one for you. Um, I'll spare you. Well, Boston College is the other one that I didn't, you know, six and five. Syracuse did yeah. beat them uh, as far as that goes. But Pinstripe wow. Bowl is Louisville and Penn State, according to them. That would be a game. Wow. Boy, they would be. Oh, it, it 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 wouldn't be great, but boy, if they put Syracuse and Penn State in the Pinstripe Bowl, yeah. uh, boy, the alumni of of those two, uh, it would bring people out in droves. Syracuse yep. doesn't play them anymore, but they were a long, long time rival before yep. Joe Pa wanted seven uh, of the ten games in the series. Uh, to be at home instead of a more traditional five and five right. uh, or even six and four. And so uh, Syracuse said, get out of here, Penn State. <laughs> and they, they haven't really played much since. So the first bowl to be played, the 42nd ranked bowl, if you will, according to this website, would be the Syracuse Orange versus Utah State in the Cure.com Bowl, whatever that is. So wow. they do have Syracuse. Utah making, State. Utah. You don't want to throw the record books out when Syracuse and Utah State get together, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some the Boca Raton Bowl, the Bahamas Bowl. It's uh, they got oh some, boy, they got some interesting bowls here. They have uh, the Citrus Bowl, Michigan State, Texas A&M. That would be a, a good matchup for sure. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. But yeah, so I just thought it was interesting that I found this and. Uh, they had Cincinnati and Oklahoma State in the three-four um, game, or three or two-three yeah, matchups. Yeah, two-three. Crazy, crazy. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that and see how accurate they are. But all right, good talk, buddy. Really uh, fun NFL. You say we're going to have some fun and some laughs. I think we did. Uh, Absolutely, we did. If you're listening to this over the Thanksgiving weekend, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your family. Be thankful. Uh, for all that you have and um, all that you've been spared and um, you know be thankful for for sports and and the distraction it gives us and the entertainment and um, the lessons it teaches and we're grateful we're thankful for you here at Think Tank Sports to all our fans thank you for uh, all the comments and the ratings and we strive for five here at Think Tank Sports.